Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast presented by Bet365. We are part of the Action Network. Today is our week 18. We made it. Week 18, Tuesday NFL episode. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. We are coming off of a two and three week in our contest. We did not have a Sunday show. We will have one this week, by the way. We will do a very brief recap right now of winners, losers, good calls, bad calls. Our big balls was Arizona, plus 12 and a half, nailed it. Our exec decision, Green Bay, plus one and a half, nailed it. Simon says, New York Giants, plus five and a half, nailed it. Foxhole, Carolina, plus five and a half. It's a wonder we finished two and three when we were three and one in the other four picks. Uh, On today's show... We will get to our assignment says. We will get to our exact decision. Thursday, we will finalize our big balls better of the week, our foxhole, our, our money line parlay. And don't forget, this episode, we'll look at the entire board as we begin narrowing down the five picks we'll enter in the Favorites Podcast $100,000 Pro Football Pick'em Contest last week, folks. We are days away from awarding tens of thousands of dollars. Let's bring in my co-host, my BFF, my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Aloha, Chad. We were right on the cards. We were right on the Giants. Somehow we did not end up with Green Bay in there. I've been trying to figure out how that happened. We were wrong on Miami. We were wrong on Seattle. We were wrong on Carolina. Uh, You and I just could not agree on games. Like I like Buffalo. You didn't. Worked out okay. You liked Seattle. I didn't. Didn't work out. I like New Orleans. You refused to bet New Orleans. On Sunday, we both liked Chicago, but ultimately we didn't want to take out Carolina because we had a good number. It's our last week to get it right. It's tough. It was a week of a um, lot of bad beats in the sense of, you know, I do our money line parlay every week. We had a two pointer in the Lions game that we should have won the money line on the oh, Lions. Didn't work out. Uh, we had the Giants where Taylor threw just a little behind Saquon Barkley. Ah. Didn't catch it, get a two-pointer. And it was just brutal because we hit the Arizona plus 550, plus 530. Yep. Just needed one of those other big dogs to come through, and it would have been a nice payday. But um, it didn't hit. You know, we had a lot of games we liked, a couple games we disagreed on. And unfortunately, instead of going three and two or four and one, we ended up uh, two and three. And that's just that's just how it breaks. That has not happened to us much this season. So I'm okay with it happening at the end of the season. And look, the fact of the matter is, part of me, we're going to go through this. We're not going to win the contest, but we're not going to lose the contest. We went two and three this week in the contest. Uh, We've got one more week to go, knowing that our fate is kind of sealed and we didn't embarrass ourselves. I was less stressed than I normally would be on a Sunday. As a reminder, the Favorites Podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. That's why you get more boost with them than with anyone else. Every day they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays. And they don't stop there. Keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible Super Boost. Check out the boost and see why it's never ordinary at bet365 must be 21 or older and present in colorado iowa louisiana new jersey ohio virginia or 18 and older in kentucky gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in iowa terms conditions restrictions apply as a reminder you can catch every episode of the favorites live on youtube for those enjoying on youtube right now don't forget to give us a like subscribe to the action Network YouTube page before we get to the pick, some housekeeping. First off, week 17 winners roundup through 17 weeks, Simon. You and I are 48 in 37 in the contest, 11 games over 500. We have dropped to 464th place. We have entered the final weeks. Folks, somebody is actually going to win our $40,000 first place prize in six days. We're giving away $40,000 to the winner. 
There are three entries currently at the top with 54 wins. The contest dropped the two lowest scores back on Thanksgiving. That means those entries are 54 and 21 over 15 weeks worth of picks. 72% against the spread. That's incredible. First place may come down to the tiebreaker differential. Congrats to everybody within striking distance. Looking back at week 17, we just saw 70. We saw just 72 entries, finished 5-0. and oh. We had a tie for first place. Congrats to C. Jorger, 27, and D. Scholl, Seth, 71. Enjoy the cash. Produces Cup Award goes to an entry by the name of Your Mom and Them for finishing dead fucking last in the week 17 contest, 0-5. Missing the tiebreaker by 140 yards. Your mom and them, please email Matt Mitchell at podcasts.actionnetwork.com to claim your non-cash prize. Contest is now live for our last and final week. The tiebreaker, total rushing yards in Buffalo, Miami on Sunday night. Good luck. I can't believe we're doing our last week of the contest. I can remember getting so excited when people were signing up before the year began. Second... Housekeeping note. Don't forget RSVP for the Favorites live show. That will be January 14th, Sunday. Doors open, 4 p.m. Shepherd in the Knucklehead, Hoboken, New Jersey. Free entry, free drinks, free hanging with me and Simon. Then he and I will go live, 7.30 p.m. Recapping the day. Looking forward to the following week's playoff games. Also, Day before, January 13th, watch party. Me, Stucky, Raybon, Kerner, the whole gang. Uh, Nick Giffen, too, 4 o'clock, January 13th, also with the Shepherd and the Knucklehead. RSVP, free drinks, free entry. Check out the links in the episode description. All right, we're almost there, Simon, I promise. Freaking C.D. Lamb had that monster game against the Lions. Uh, heading into the final week of the season, we are subtly sweating our Tyreek Hill 9-1 to bet. He's only 66 yards ahead of C.D. Lamb. Jalen Carter now down to minus 600 at Bet365. He was minus 1,500 for Defensive Rookie of the Year because Will Anderson had three sacks this past weekend. By the way, Brandon Anderson came on the show before the season began and said, take the Texans to win the AFC South. We all laughed at him. About three or four weeks ago, Brandon Anderson on the Action Network podcast that happens on Sunday nights. Evan Abrams and Joe Gallant are the host of that show. Brandon Anderson has a segment. He said, Will Anderson is about to break out. Since then, Will Anderson, I think, has seven sacks and is now second in defensive rookie of the year odds. Simon, what do you think of that? It's pretty cool, right? Good for Brandon Anderson. <laughs> Open hits. All right. So look, first game Saturday, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Baltimore is now a three and a half point dog. It was four, so it's coming down a little bit. Look, normally this game is one of our favorite bets of the year. We're automatically betting the dog. We're automatically betting the road dog. It would be at three. Uh, now everything is screwed up because Lamar's clinched the MVP. The Ravens have clinched the number one seed. We don't know anything about this game. We don't know who will be playing. Why are we betting this game? Um, yeah, if you want to take an angle, I guess it's like I, I'll back Pittsburgh because they're playing for something. But Chad just said it. Usually me and him bet the dog here. So um, I'll, I'll see what this number settles on by Sunday. But I can tell you I'm leaning towards the Ravens. It's like if I get plus four, plus three and a half with their backup and not their starters playing, I can still kind of see the Ravens giving Pittsburgh a game here. But Chad's right, like. Wouldn't put this in contest, but just stay away from this one. I don't know if I'd make this one of my five bets because there's just so much unknown right now on Tuesday. All right. I agree with you. And I also just wanted to get to this game. Houston at Indy. This was the first bet I made of the week. Houston plus one and a half at mm. the time. It is now moved to Houston minus one. It doesn't really make sense to me they would be underdogs. Like, Indy's defense just hasn't been good in the latter half of the year. Uh, nothing impressive about their performance against the Raiders. Gardner Minshew is a threat to lose every game. 
CJ is always a threat to win. So to me, the Texans were the right side. It's now flipped to them being the favorite. Give me your take. Yeah, we're opposite. On the first glance, I immediately thought Colts are a great value here. Um, and now even more so. Now they move to a dog. I'll just wait. Like let the let the public keep betting Houston and let me get the free bump up of a number. Houston said it all season. They're just a different team on the road. And um as much as I want to back them, you're backing a rookie QB and a rookie coach. And I mean, what is this? The most impactful game that Houston's had in five, six years. Like such a huge game for this franchise playing a Colts team that they've been a dog and slept on all season. I mean, no one's given the Colts their flowers or the credit they deserve where it's like, there's just so many other storylines that kind of get left in the dust, but like this Colts team, this is incredible. Like this crazy. They've made it this far. They're in this spot. Um, They should have covered last week for not a stupid back door which again, I think moves this number. Like if they would have won that game by 10, do you think they're still a dog in this position or are they still a minus one, minus two favorite against Houston? I think they would be, but I think most of the people are going to be pissed last week, like me who backed the Colts, their defense give up some back door and now they're just off of it. So um, this will be one of the least bet teams this week. No one's going to be betting the Colts except me and a couple of their pros. So uh, love the Colts here. I won't make the Simon says I'll let this number keep growing, let them become a bigger dog. But um, Houston, incredible season, great team. Like the future's so bright, they just historically they're going to lose this game. They don't win in this spot. Usually the, the the home team in this spot, especially divisionally, now becoming a dog. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to like the Colts in this spot where it's just the public darling of the year is Houston. Like people just love them. They love their story. Um, you know, they might have the defensive rookie of the year and the offensive rookie of the year on their team. Like this is just, and, co- be- and by the way, coach of the year. Yeah. It's just going to be the most all hyped team in this game. So, um, just wait, 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 wait. If you're like me and you want to bet the Colts, I think this number is going to keep going up. Uh, we are diametrically opposed on this game. I understand what you're saying. I don't see these guys in week. What is it? 18 of the season as being rookies at this point anymore. And I still think you're back in the much worse quarterback uh, who consistently finds ways to keep these games close and a much worse defense uh, that has been trending downward in the latter half of the year. And, and this is applicable for every game this weekend, Home teams in the division since 2015. 47% against the spread since 2015. So every home team, the trend is to bet against the home teams this weekend. Good thing we can't put this one in the contest. (laughs) Don't bet Houston, people. Don't. That's like the newbest, chalkest, squarest thing you could ever do in your life. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, I would say now I like them as an underdog. Even then, you're stepping in it. But, hey, I've been wrong a bunch this year. I could be wrong here. But historically, you do not want to be playing Houston here. That's just a that's a bad bet. Well, I guess we'll find out. Cleveland <laughs> at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a six-point favorite right now. Uh, I think we got to throw all the stats and trends out the window. Cleveland has already basically announced it's resting its starters The Bengals playing for pride at home, a chance for a winning record. We said before the season began, this was the best division in football. It's the only one, if the Bengals win, that will have every team finish above 500. Uh, But that's still a big number Uh, in the division against a rival. I don't really have a strong opinion about this one. Yeah, I think we're supposed to take Cincy, but the the numbers move so much. Like it's hard for me to tell people not to, you know, to take this number at six when it's like most of us bet this at minus three, minus three and a half. Now it's six. So um, I'll give out Cincy on Sunday. That's what I'm going to be backing. But totally understand if you want to bet it because the numbers move so much. Um, AFC North was the best division ever in the preseason, according to Evan Abrams, highest combined 
win totals of all time. Yeah, and it played out that way. It totally played out that way. Tampa Bay or Carolina. The Carolina Panthers are probably, Simon, the reason why we didn't go three and two. We, yeah, we, had such a good, we had such a good number on Carolina at five and a half, which is basically the number that it has been for the past month. Anyone they played, <laughs> they've been five and a half point underdogs. And we can't stop betting this team. Uh, it's so frustrating. According to Nick Giffen, this is a luck game in favor of the Panthers. Uh, it bounced down. This number went from five and a half to five. It's come back up. So look, I I feel like the Panthers are the right side here. I don't want to bet the home team in the division. I don't want to bet the Panthers again. But this is such a big freaking number for a team that we know we have liked at home uh, against a team that I think reached its peak value. Yeah, if, we're, if we go by the book, you're supposed to take the Panthers here. This is a big number against a Tampa team that's inconsistent. And sure, they have weeks where they look incredible and they should smash this Panthers team. I mean, they are better than them in a lot of ways, but we've just seen the, the Tampa team plays down to the competition. They play these close games. So, um, yeah, I I hate that last week where we make these picks and it's like it comes out that uh, the Panthers kickers hurt, right, before the game. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's not that big of a deal, but it is because it changes everything. Like they could have – Kick the kick the field goal and it would have been a three three game or six three game instead yep. of going for it on fourth down and getting Bryce Young broken in half. Yep. Um, fourth and seven they have to go for from like their thirty yard line. Yeah, and like I I can't remember a season that's had so many injuries to a position that is the softest of probably any sport. Right, they might be softer than golfers. They like they just they do nothing. There's no contact. How do these guys not know how to stretch? That's that's literally what they're doing. They're warming up on kicks. And pulling muscles and warm-ups. It's like these guys in this billion-dollar business don't know how to stretch before they go out and do their kicks before the game. Like, how many games have we had where the kickers got hurt in warm-ups? It's it's absurd. I, I really can't believe it. So um I fucking hate this Panthers team, man. And like I know we're supposed to bet it, Chad, but I'm sick of it. I think the fans of the show are sick of it. Like, like the joke, you're always like, Well, this is a corner TV game. Not in my life. Like the, the Panthers have been a center TV game. For over a month now, I can't take it anymore. I hate betting this team. So, um, yeah, I'm with the fans. They don't want us to bet it. I'm sick of betting it. I hope to God nothing changes when I wake up Sunday morning. But I am I am trying so hard not to put this in as one of our five. I just listening. I'm betting to it. You, I don't want to do it. Listening to you talk about kickers, I I've seen you go on tilt maybe three times in our lives, and I just saw you go on tilt your anger over the kicker's inability and i know it's manifesting from the fact the panthers had fourth down and had nobody kick a fucking field goal when they could have made that game a different game because that particular play was the game changer yeah. for us in that game matt mitchell reminding us right now we are two and five betting on carolina in the phase five Unreal. this year Unreal. this care they have been suckering us Another team that uh, we have had a hard time when we put on our no-bet list, the New, the New England Patriots. Right now, they are two-and-a-half-point home favorites against the New York Jets. The total in this game is 31. This could end up being one of the seventh lowest totals, one of the seven lowest totals since 1980. So that's one thing. Division faves, home division faves. We've mentioned this a few times. That is a spot that you want to fade. I don't think this makes our list. My instinct here is to bet the New York Jets. Yeah, me too. But like, again, thank God this isn't a great number. If this was three, three and a half, I, I would be all over this Jets team. I've seen a lot of two and a halves out there. It's just, there's no real value here. It feels no. like It feels like this is probably priced correctly. And um, both these teams have such major question marks at quarterback. Uh, you know, last week I tried to hedge 
we have some massive Bills futures. I mean, I personally have a ton of money tied to the Bills winning their division. So, you know, threw a decent amount on the Patriots money line last week. And it's like they tried everything they could not to beat the Bills. Like the Bills were begging them to take that game and they couldn't do it. Um, it's just it's crazy. Like, again, we talk all the time how good of a coach Belichick is and his defenses. Um, I, I can't imagine another coach coaching this Patriots team. They're just so bad across the board, especially the quarterback position. So, um, yeah, Chad, I, I I want to take the Jets here, but it doesn't feel like there's any real value, so I'll pass on it. The the Bills should have won that game by 50 points. Like the way in the first <laughs> in the first quarter, what do they have, three turnovers? Three picks, they had three, a, three, yeah, and a, a fumble. Like a short field. And the fact <laughs> that the Patriots kept themselves in the game, that they were grinding, that – they kept scoring that all of a sudden it was a six point game. Like with a chance to was, win at the end. Crazy. It was, it was a testament to Belichick's philosophy, which is you play every down, you play every play. Like it is a long game. And all of a sudden you'd look up and you're within one score of basically ruining the bill season. Like, the Bills going in and just getting trapped. So uh, kudos to the Patriots for that. Minnesota at Detroit. Another division game. Another division game about the home favorites. We know the Lions, uh, well, we assume the Lions might play their starters. They have a very minimal chance to go from three to two in the seedings. They need the Eagles and the Cowboys to lose. The Vikings have a 4% chance to make the playoffs. This line opened at four, got that up to four and a half, got that up to five, got that up to five and a half. It was at five and a half at 11 a.m. this morning. And then Simon, you and I were just doing a green dot daily taping. And we were talking about this game and I made the mistake of not checking the lines for the last two hours. And all of a sudden it was back down to three. So like somebody came in and hit the Vikings pretty hard. Was it you? No, but it, it was a friendly reminder of how blind you are because the number was on the screen while you were talking. But I know you don't have your glasses on, so you couldn't see a big three just staring you in the face. You kept saying, yeah, five, five and a half. Well, I didn't have it in front of me when we were talking. <laughs> I know. It just I, cracked me up where it's just – it reminded me how blind you are where it's like you don't see the three on the screen. Oh, you mean well, like um, when we were doing the taping, they had it on the full screen. That's yes, funny. I didn't even notice yes. it. So um, yeah, like – Chad, you said it, though. We're supposed to bet the Vikings here. Like, Detroit, um, we don't have the info yet, but the number is giving us the info, isn't it? Like, the fact that this number has moved so much, some sharp guys who know people that work for the Detroit, they've gotten the info, right? That's what this movement kind of highlights is like, okay, a pro with a really good, you know, mole or whatever you want to call it on this Detroit team gave them really good info. They bet that info and they've moved the number now because the books respect that amount of money that they put down to move it a full two and a half points. Like Chad just said, it was five and a half. Now it's three. That's that's a big movement off um, some professional money. So I have no, no knowledge about what's going on with the Lions might do. But I told Chad what I thought they would do is you use this as a mini bye week. You're, you're, you're stuck like the Eagles and the Cowboys are not losing this week. Like I do have one of them to get upset. Um, which we'll talk about, but um, it just doesn't feel like a smart move for them to really go out there and try where it's like, you should rest. Detroit, they've had had injuries this season. They do have guys who've played all 17 games and they should take a week off for all 16 games. Like it just makes sense for them to take a little money by week here. Cause they're kind of stuck in that three spot um, because of a blown call last week. Like it's, it's even more brutal now after the Eagles lost where it's like these guys could have been playing for that two seed and they still are technically like Chad said, but um, I just don't see it happening here. So I, I lean towards Minnesota, but it's again, one of these numbers where I wouldn't take it because we really don't know yet. Like I, I would bet the three now just in case the Lions do sit people, but it would be brutal if it's like, okay, Detroit is playing all their guys and this number goes all the way up to six, six and a half. And it's like, well, now I feel like an idiot. So just be careful here. I'm, I'm betting Minnesota. I bet them at three. Um, I just, just, if you don't want to bet it yet and you want to wait until Sunday, so you officially know who's actually playing, I understand completely. Why do you assume that the people who bet this down have information about the lions versus just playing the five and a half? Um, I mean, you just saw Minnesota this past weekend, right? 
you you bet on Green Bay. I did bet on Green Bay. So yeah, like they, I think they know what we don't know. Like they know either what's going on, on the Detroit side, or maybe you're right. Maybe they know the Vikings are playing Nick Mullins and um, different info like that. That's why they've moved this number. But this, I'm just trying to explain to people that this number is not just moving off. Uh, yeah, these guys love the Vikings here. Like no, they they got info why they're back in this team here. Like they got early info that we don't have. All right, we're going to put a pin in that one. We'll wait and see how the numbers move over the next 48 hours. It could be a good sharp calls. I'm sure we'll get some intel uh, and see what's happening uh, with that game. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Tennessee is now a five-point underdog. A game that the Jaguars need to win the division. Listen, we have spent a lot of years profiting off of Mike Vrabel in yeah. this scenario this is like exactly when we have loved to bet him but but to our credit we have backed away from that the past few weeks because there's only so much bad quarterbacking bad secondary bad defense that mike vrabel's magic can overcome meanwhile the jags actually have something to play for you want to fade home teams in the division in this spot you know it's funny i don't really have a lean on this do you yeah, it's Vrabel at home as a dog. I love Vrabel at home as a dog, and I have all season. And I feel like I've had a good rhythm on them this year where I don't back them on the road. I just have stayed away from it. Even this past week, I think we talked about it on Sunday. It was like yeah, yeah. four plus five, and it's like I don't want to back Tennessee on the road. They're just a different team than when they're at home. Here they are at home again, Chad, as a, as a big dog. We take this. Like We got to take this number. This will probably be one of our five. Like It's just – too too big of a number, especially for a Jaguars team that we know they're not as good as they looked against Carolina, right? They've had injuries all across the board, but it's just all together, they just feel like a sloppy team. I mean, they were eight and three, and then they lost well, whatever it was, five straight games until last week. Great game for them last week. I think we're getting two free points here on Tennessee, Chad. Like uh again, probably should make this Simon says. Maybe I will, you know what? I will make this Simon says. Oh boy. Simon says. Oh boy. <laughs> Tennessee in this spot with their defense, they've struggled against the pass. If it's C.J. Beathard, I'm not, I'm not too worried about him passing. And then if it is, you know, wh whatever it is might be the quarterback for Tennessee right now. Like, I don't know who it's going to be, if it's going to be Will Levis or Tannehill. We really don't know. I honestly really don't care. Like, they are both, to me, bad. Like, the the difference between Tannehill and Will Levis is not that big. Like, shocking to say that Tannehill's fallen off that much, but – um, like at least Will Levis can take the big plays down the field, which we'd not have seen Tannehill do. Like Tannehill plays like a 15-year vet, right? He just checks it down or takes the safe th play or he just takes the sack. Like that's literally what Tannehill does. So um, it, the Jaguars defense with Josh Allen, they looked incredible last week against that Panthers team. I think most defenses this year have looked incredible against that Panthers team. So I will take Vrabel in this spot. Um, you know, there's tons of rumors right now that he is leaving after this season that him and the general manager have been button heads and uh, he wants out. If this is it, this is the everything game for him and this team. I could see the guys playing hard for him, right? Like we talk all the time about how much his players love playing for him. They know this is it for Rabel. They know they could play spoiler to this Jaguars team. Give me the five. Give me the five and a half. I'll, I'll back Tennessee here in this spot. Uh, could be the last game for Rabel. Could be the last game for Derrick Henry. Uh, sure. This is very much potentially the end of an era for the Tennessee Titans. So, all right. Well, that's a little bit more of an emotional value on the Titans there. Uh, Atlanta at New Orleans. Listen, we are an Atlanta Falcons podcast. Yeah. Okay. We are. I know what we're supposed to do here. And we are an anti-Saints podcast, <laughs> except for last week. This is the scenario where you back the division dog, as uh, we've said multiple times today. This is the scenario where you fade Dennis Allen and Derek Carr. Let's go Falcons. Dirty birded, baby. We Listen, 100% have to back the Falcons at plus three. You know I we know. have to. You're so right. We do. And I, I hate it. Like, just hate both these teams so much. Just such disdain for both these teams, but Jad's right. It's just like the Saints last week. Like I should have known better. 
um, Atlanta, this is the lowest point of the season, right? Like this is low as it gets. Um, this that Bears they, that Bears game they were so dominated. Like even from the first touchdown, the Bears had they drove the field. Oh, yeah. The Falcons come down, they miss another field goal maybe at that yep. point, and it just felt like all right, that's it, it's over. Like this this Bears team is so good. They're going to keep getting sevens while this Falcons team keeps trying to get threes. And, like, um, you know, Arthur Smith, this is probably it, right? Like, if he loses this game, it feels like he's probably going to get fired. So, um, yeah, Chad's right. Like, the situationally, matchup-wise, too, like Atlanta matches up well offensively, what the Saints want to do defensively. Um, you know, I, I look forward to reading Evan's article about what the trends say with this one because it feels like the trends will back us to here with Atlanta. Uh, fading Dennis Allen and Derek Carr is a home favorite in this spot. But, man, does this one not make your stomach turn. This this one makes your stomach turn. But, yeah, Atlanta, Chad's right. Atlanta's the, the team you got to play in this spot, especially at plus three. Yeah, it's uh, – you know what's funny? doesn't make my stomach turn at all. I, I Like, I saw this and I'm like, oh, yeah. Makes sense. I know I didn't even have to put my notes into the script. I didn't even have to do my full sort of volume of research. Instinctively, I saw this. I'm like, oh yeah, we're betting the Falcons because <laughs> we enjoy the pain. As a reminder, for the second time, catch every episode of The Favorites live on YouTube. For those enjoying on YouTube, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe to the Action Network YouTube Page. All right. We've done a Simon Says. I owe an exec decision. Tempted. I was very tempted to make it Atlanta. Uh, like last week, I was very tempted to make it Arizona. I pulled back because I think there's one more game that to me feels like an exec decision. Not this one, though. Dallas at Washington. Washington is a 13-point underdog. In my notes, here's what I wrote. Fuck this bullshit. We got to take the commanders. It's the same as last week, though. I'll, I'll only bet them if it's Jacoby Brissett. And um, thank God he went out and I didn't have to bet them last week. It was Sam Howell. Like I had whatever it was my original couple of bets I had on Washington, but um, very lucky uh, that it came out, whatever that was, Thursday or Friday, that Jacoby Brissett was hurt and it was going to be Sam Howell because that saved me a lot of money because I did love him in that spot last week. And Chad's right. Like, I'm supposed to bet Washington here again, but if it's Sam Howe, there's no chance. I will not back that kid. He just can't help but turn the ball over at the stupidest times. Like, he just puts his team at such a disadvantage where um, early in the season he was he was young and exciting. He would push the ball downfield and it was all oh, good. Yeah. Now, later in the season, it's like, you know, e even when he does make it work and push the ball downfield – He's just so inconsistent. Like on third and four, third and five, I have no faith that he can get me those three or four yards to get me the first down. So Jacoby Brissett's the opposite, though. I do have confidence in him. So if it is Jacoby Brissett, I'll back it with Chad. I'll, I'll take the 13. But, um, yeah, enjoy this, Washington. It's your last game of Ron Rivera, Jacoby Brissett, Sam Howell. Like just hopefully this is just the end of all of it. Blow it all up. You draft a quarterback in this coming draft, and this will just all feel like a distant nightmare. But – can't 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 tell you how much I hate betting on Ron Rivera and this Washington team. It's just been awful all season. Well, look, the coincidence could be that the Washington Commanders end up picking a quarterback in the first round, and the quarterback is Drake May, who replaced Sam Howell at North Carolina. Um, <laughs> by the way, also nothing to give me any confidence as a fan of a team with an incoming quarterback need in drafting Drake May, looking at the recent history of North Carolina quarterbacks who everyone gets so excited about, Mitch Trubisky, Sam Howell, Drake May. I'm not buying a North Carolina quarterback until the North Carolina quarterback does for North Carolina quarterbacks, which C.J. Stroud did for Ohio State quarterbacks. Or Justin Fields, 2BD, TBD. Justin Fields, TBD. We want Fields. We <laughs> want fields. Did you see that? Did you see that in the game? People I did. Were chanting that at the end of the game. Uh, I love that DJ Moore, the Bears receiver, in one of the stories this week said, I know that the executive's box is right above where fans were chanting that. He's like, I know they heard them saying that. 
It's going to be very interesting. And it's nice way, to see that the Bears owners didn't throw their drinks on those fans. So at least some owners have class in this league. What the? <laughs> what the fuck? Seriously. I know. That's Imagine just... that guy being your boss. Holy shit. Hey, Chad, I just wanted to add this. If you can hear this. If a billionaire throws a drink on you, you got to act like that shit is acid. <laughs> I would be writhing around on the ground in sheer agony. If for no reason, one of the world's richest men threw a drink right out. Just want to make sure everyone's aware of that. Well, look, there it is funny. There's a, there's a uh, newsletter I get called Sportico. And one of the writers for Sportico did a breakdown of the legal possibilities if David Tepper threw a drink on somebody. And they said the, the thing they need, if they want to go after him, they have to have made a complaint with stadium security and the police immediately about the distress or agony or pain or suffering that they endured from having the drink thrown on them right away. And that the longer you wait, the less of a case you have. But seriously, you're a billionaire. You own the team. You fired coaches in season three times already. You consistently make the wrong choices. You did it again by throwing a drink on somebody. I will add that while in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, in a casino once, the Dallas Cowboys scored a touchdown to backdoor a spread many years ago. And I yelled, yes, as another guy yelled, fuck, pretty far away. He then turned and threw a bottle of beer in my direction. And it whizzed by me and knocked the drink I was holding out of my hand. And the drink exploded. And then he ran away. And I immediately complained to security and said, I'd like to press charges for those kind of same reasons. <laughs> and the, the giant security guy in the, you know, in the suit was like, you don't want to do that. And I was like, no, I, yeah, I know. I get that. What are you going to do? And then I, I got a seven day hotel stay paid for. So no way. But you do have to make your complaint right away. And I'm just glad he didn't knock all my fucking teeth out. So important life lessons for all of our listeners. Betting advice and legal advice here <laughs> at the favorites. Uh, Kansas City at the Chargers, the Chargers minus one and a half, as Ariana Grande might say. Thank you. Next. Yeah, like we're supposed to bet the Chargers here. I know the pros have bet it. I bet it. It's up to minus three at most books now. It's just the Chiefs aren't playing for anything. They're going to rest their starters. The Chargers have been playing with their backups for like four or five weeks now. So <laughs> what backups are going to be more, more prepared for this game? I I'll give that to the Chargers, but Chad's right. It's like really hard to make a line on this where I don't know for a fact the Chiefs are sitting. I'm just going off what other pros and what the line's telling me. And the line is telling me the Chargers aren't playing anybody. You think the, I mean, the Chiefs aren't playing anybody. You think the Chiefs starters are bad this year? When do you see their backups? Like that's, that's going to be really something special. Mahomes has held together that team so much. Um, I think Chad Henney retired, right? I don't even know who their backup he did. is. He did um, retire. Yeah, so not not sure who the backup is for the Chiefs, but um, yeah, I, I guess you you've given so many more reps to stick in this Chargers offense as bad as they've looked. Um, you assume that's that that's where the value is, but you know we saw last week the Chargers sat Bosa, they sat Keenan Allen, like they're just they're packed in, they're ready for the off season. Um, it's really hard to make a number on this game, but. You want to know what the pros are doing? The pros are back in the Chargers. Chad just said it. This number was minus one. Now it's up to minus three. Denver at the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are two and a half point favorites. Uh, I feel like the books are the books are begging us to take the Raiders. Yeah. Here. Uh, we do we do need the Broncos to cash out our over eight and a half wins ticket. Uh, it's another one where the home team is the favorite. We should fade them per the stats. I actually don't have an issue backing Denver in this spot at all. Yeah, me either. Um, it was a fun week of people bad-mouthing Sean Payton. I think someone even called him a thug, which was pretty hilarious. Um, it's it's a business, people. Like, what do you not get about this? It is a business. Russell Wilson, he got his money. Like, he, he put off the greatest scam ever. Ever. Like, yeah. Like, he got paid. He's going to be able to... I don't know if he's going to be, but I assume a team next year will pick him up to be a starter if he does get released. He's going to be all right. Like, don't don't doubt the Broncos for making this decision. I think Sean Payton's whole point was, I can put some scrub in there, and I can pretty much get the same amount 
of uh, output that I was getting for Russell Wilson. Now, that's not entirely true, right? Russell Wilson is going to be better than Stedham or whoever they're putting back there. But I think his whole point was, you know, I can redo all this. We can get, we can let me redo this and I can get my own guys in here and rebuild this right and make this a good team. And I don't think he saw a future with Russell Wilson. I mean, you go through and watch their plays this year. It was very, very basic. It was very college high school-esque where it's like they basically ran out of four or five formations. They only ran seven or eight plays. And a lot of stuff you hear is that he just thought Russell Wilson was too dumb to learn his playbook and learn all of his plays. And that's why he kind of did that. And um, it's a big deal. Like they're the Broncos have made a decision now, right? They're taking Sean Payton's side. They're letting him dictate things. They're letting him run the show. And um, Chad's right in this position with Denver. I think they're a better team. I think, you know, as, as fun as this Raiders run has been and how well their defense has been playing, I give a slight edge to this Denver's offense against this Raiders team. So Chad's right. Like with the the way the number is, the two and a half, I feel like the the books are kind of egging us on here, right? Begging us to come in and bet this Raiders team. Um, and I'm with Chad. Like I won Denver. I wanted it three. So two and a half, I guess I'll have to man up and take it, but I'm hoping this gets back to three. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fascinating story that's going on with Denver right now. Yeah. And it kind of, not that we, not that, we didn't already know this, but everything Pete Carroll said about Russell Wilson in Russell Wilson's final season, where he was getting lambasted for not letting Russ cook and changing the way they call plays and then getting rid of him. That feels like a lifetime ago. I know, right? But it really does. Turns out, Russ cook. turns out Pete Carroll saw what he saw on the tape, which is yeah. what Sean Payton is now seeing on the tape. And it's just a different world for Russell Wilson than it was back in the day. And like, look, the Seahawks might not be any better, but they might've been worse and paying a guy a lot more money. So, so, uh, you know, Pete Carroll wins, the Denver Broncos lose, the Sean Paytons will manifest themselves a new future with a new quarterback in 2024. We will be suckers. We will bet on the Broncos season win total because we love Sean Payton. Meanwhile, it, it, Broncos, go ahead. I was going to say, it is incredible in a year where the Chiefs have had an absolute year from hell. They're not that good. Travis Kelsey looks like he's about to retire. They, they won the division again. It's crazy where it's like, we're trying to play the numbers, play the value. It was all sitting there for this Broncos team. And if they didn't have such a slow start, I mean, what a, what a totally different season they would have had, but um it's crazy like I, I hate it like I'm already thinking to our offseason Chad where I'm trying to convince us to take the Chargers with Bill Belichick as a new head coach and we got whoever the Broncos new quarterback is and it's just like please man Mitchell slap me around and just tell us like don't go against the Chiefs doesn't matter how they get there they get there Simon we're fucking suckers we are <laughs> like I was just going through I was just going through uh our futures bets uh before the show and I think we bet the Chargers at like 50 to one or something or 25 to one to win the Super Bowl because <laughs> we love the talent on that team. And we did yeah. it in spite of hating Brandon Staley. We are always going to bet the Chargers. We are always going to bet the Broncos. You're going <laughs> no, to I'm a changed man. I'm a changed man. No way. No way. I'm Steve, honestly, I'm off Herbert. I can't wait to do our top 10 quarterbacks. Cause I like, Herbert's great, but would you really take him over Stafford, a guy who I was the only one to have in our top 10 last year? Like, no. Like, Herbert, he completely fucked up this year. So I'm excited to see what he does next year, but um, totally off the Herbert train, i tell you that much. Well, listen, speaking of Stafford, the Rams are three-point underdogs in San Francisco the final weekend of the year. It opened at two and a half. I'll be honest, uh, I, thought it, I thought it would move in the Rams' direction in, in the Rams' direction given the circumstances, you know, the Niners really have nothing to play for. The Rams do, but this line actually got up to three and a half and then has been brought back down to three. What is your take on why it moved to three and a half? And and I'm texting a guy who's really locked in with the 49ers. He knows all things that go on the 49ers. Like if you're new to the show a couple years ago, I won a shit ton of money betting Trey Lance to be the 49ers draft pick. And this was kind of the leak. Like this guy, he knows what the 49ers are doing. Unfortunately, doesn't know what the Rams are going to do. And so me and I have been texting back and forth. I'm just trying to get info on this Rams team because 
are we sure they're going to play their starters as well? Um, I'm pretty sure they're locked in at the seven or six seed, right? And if they win, maybe they get to the six seed. Does it really matter for them rather than taking this week a rest where I've seen Sean McVay year in and year out, he rests his guys. I mean, we talk all the time. Is there a better fade in the football than fading the Rams in preseason? They never play starters. Same thing goes when the Rams were, you know, not a dynasty, but all those years McVay when they were winning, being the one seed or winning their division, yeah. they would always rest guys in this final week if they didn't need to play them. So, like, I'm, I want to bet the Rams. I want to fade Sam Darnold because that's who would be playing for this this 49ers team. Um, that's a nice spot to back a Rams, especially if it's Stafford and the boys. But we don't know. Like, I don't have any info here, so I, I just don't want to give you guys a bet here and I don't really have the full info. But, yeah, leaning towards the Rams. If it was three and a half, I would make a bet right now without any knowing any info, but Chad just said it. It's that three at most books now. Um, I'm just not going to take that number. Why do you – I was I was just confused that it moved from two and a half to three and a half. Like, and it it happened in an instant on Sunday night. I don't know if you've heard anything. Did someone come in and bet big on the Niners at two and a half? Like, it. Just well, I heard was, the Rams might sit guys. That's the thing. Or, I, that's what I'm hearing. Okay. So I think but, that's what guys are trying to bet that early movement because they're like, well, I mean, we know the Rams are you know, a star and scrubs team. Like they got the four or five yeah. star players and the rest of it's just thrown together. Um, it's, it's, they're one of those teams. They they have zero depth. Like they just told, sold all their draft picks back in the day. So they don't have any depth. So big deal for a team that's going to set starters against a 49ers team that, you know, they've had pretty good backups over the years, right? Guys have come in and played pretty well for them. So um, it, it makes sense. The early line movement. Like I said, though, Chad, I, I don't really know what to do with this one. Uh, Philadelphia at New York Giants. Giants are five point underdogs right now. Bet three six five. These teams just played a couple weeks ago. Giants covered miraculously. Uh, <laughs> Eagles are in dire straits. They need to win to maintain playoff positioning. Uh, Giants are the right side. Not a game I feel comfortable with. Uh, partially because it just feels like feels like we got our Giants win this past weekend against the Rams. Um, and no. what's that? What? No, I just, I, I don't know why I thought you were going to make this your exact decision. This just feels like a Chad game. I can't believe you're not loving this one. The Giants at plus five? Yeah. Uh, I'm not loving it. It 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 wasn't in my exec decision <laughs> final two. My final two for exec decision were the Rams, but I wanted to hear more information. Yeah. Um, and then one that's coming up that will be the exec decision. Um, yeah, the, the, the Eagles played the Giants, they played Dane DeVito. And that to me was a big advantage to them. When we saw Taylor last week against the Rams. He is so much better than DeVito, right? He's yes. such a, a, a more comparable quarterback and, um, the Eagles might be broken. Like they, you might've just saw their whole spirit and will get completely broken in that game where I wasn't worried when they, all those losses they had had, like, didn't didn't worry me right because it's just like that's football like you like you make little mistakes like things like that those things happen Arizona played so much better than them in that game they dominated them that game the Eagles were incredibly lucky to be up 21 to 6 at halftime where they were out possessed they were out rushed um everything like they're just their defense is so broken right now and they try to turn it to Matt Patricia um a guy who gave up whatever that was, 41 points when he was a D.C. to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Like, this guy has never recovered from that. Patricia has been broken now for seven, eight years. Like, the guy just, even if he gets it right for one week, it all comes back. Like, he's just not well-prepared. He doesn't know how to scheme up against teams. And everything he did against Arizona was embarrassing. Like, the Arizona coached, outcoached him in the sense that they had a weird look where they would drop Reddick into coverage if a certain look for Arizona had on offense. And when Arizona figured it out, they just ran the, pretty much the same style, like not the same scheme, yeah. but basically they ran the same play over and over again because instead of having Reddick rush them, they had him drop into coverage because Matt Patricia just is just a dinosaur. Like he runs his defense. He's like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to change what I'm running here. And that's what happened at halftime. They go into halftime and go, well, just because we've given up 300 yards doesn't mean I need to change the defense. Like we're, we're holding them to six points. This is working. They got dominated in the second half. So Eagles just feel like a broken team. We're catching five right now. Um, this will be 
the most bet, most teased team. I think the public will come in. They they kind of have the same thought of, you know, the Eagles are playing for something here. The Giants aren't. And we talk all the time, Chad. We like playing the spoilers, right? Especially in this final week. Especially um, the division. Yeah. So the only thing I hate is this number probably should be six, and it's not because of that Eagles loss. And what Chad just said, the Giants probably should have beat the Rams. And I think a lot of people know that where it's like, you know, Taylor – I think people forgot how good this guy can play and how well he is. So um, we we got away with it last week with the Giants. We 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 stole that one where people really weren't checking them out. This week they're on it, but that's I'm not gonna let that scare me off here. Like I like the Giants. My only hope is I'm gonna talk to a couple of bookmakers over the next couple of days. Like I'm hoping the Eagles are like you know just what the Rams were last week. All the bets, all the teasers, everything's tied to them. Uh, that's that's when I know the value will go up on the Giants where this could go from five to six. Like we just need more public money to come in on this Eagles team. So grab the five now. I didn't make the assignment says just in case this does go up, but I would grab the five now does just in case it does drop down to four and a half, four. Uh, but I do see the public coming in pretty heavier on the Eagles. Yeah, right now, all the tickets, about 70% of the tickets on the Eagles. So it should move in that direction. Uh, there are some five and a halves out there if you can find them. So it's worth it's worth doing a little bit of shopping. But my my hesitation on this game was exactly what you just said is I feel like I got away with it. And we like to bet before the peak of the market. And I feel like we got peak Giants last week against the Rams and almost got that money line. This week, it feels like the, the cap might be out of the bag. Inflation, deflation uh, with both of those teams, which is why, not that I'm, I'm still putting it on the list, like we're building a nice little list here for, for Thursday. My exec decision, Chicago Bears, plus three at the Green Bay Packers. The choice between the unthinkable and the impossible. Now you have your orders, execute them. Executive decision. The line opened three and a half. I bet the Bears at three and a half. It's moved to three, I think, because of my bet. It was inflated from the second it opened because the Packers won so convincingly on Sunday night. But don't forget, and you and I talked about this in the taping we did for Green Dot Daily. This Packers defense is still terrible. Like, there's not like the reason why people were hesitant to go in on them. The reason why you and I discussed there was hesitancy to put them in the final five is because of how bad this defense is. Only now, this defense is actually going against a much more talented team across the board, especially at quarterback with Justin Fields, who, when he's not turning the ball over, is playing lights out. And he's going to be going against the defense. Look, the Falcons' rush defense is top five in the NFL. The Packers are not top five anything in the NFL defensively. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball for the Bears. Everyone likes to talk about the Vikings, such a good defense because of their blitz. But that plays to Jordan Love's strengths as a quarterback. What the Bears do actually is a better scheme for defending against Jordan Love because they don't blitz. They get the pressure with their front four and defensively they've been so good with Montez Sweat. Like their linebackers, TJ Edwards especially, has been much, much better since they got Sweat. So I got all that going for me. Plus I got wanting to fade the home fave in the division. Give me the Bears exact decision. Yeah, and Chad knows I love this play. I love the Bears here. Um, if you're a Bears fan, this is... <laughs> To me, the dream scenario, this is as close as you're going to get to a true playoff game, playoff atmosphere, and you get to see what you got in Fields for real here. Like, this is a big deal for Fields. Like, it really does feel like this is what's going to decide his future with this team, where is he going to be shipped off to Atlanta for a second-round pick or a first-round pick, or are we going to trade down to get him Marvin Harris Jr. and um, build around Fields? Because this, this really is it. Like, Justin – You've beat up on bad teams at home. Now you're on the road against a divisional foe, which is pretty evenly matched against you. Even though I think Green Bay has a better record, but it's like, you know, coin flip games, they won. Like, these are pretty much same teams. Um, this is a huge deal for Justin Fields, and he knows it. I think the guys playing around him, like you just talked about DJ Moore, guys who like him. I mean, everyone on the team you talk to loves Justin Fields, and they want to play hard for him. And I think they know that how much this game matters to him and his future. So... Um, it's all there, like the 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 pressure, the 
you know, both teams like Jordan Love needs this to make the playoffs, right? It's just this is this is the as good as it gets if you're a football fan where it's like two young quarterbacks who are going to pretty much define their future through one game. Um, you know, Jordan Love, he makes the playoffs in his first season. How are you not elated as a, a Green Bay fan? Like you've you've done it again. You you got a guy who threw over thirty touchdowns in his first season. Like it's all right there. So um, Chad's right. Where the the Green Bay side is probably going to be the the sharp side, right? It feels like the public will come in on the Bears here, just in the sense that why are the Bears catching three, three and a half? That was crazy. Like that was smart by you to hit that number because that was way too big. Even three feels too big. Like this to me, I got this model at two, one and a half. I don't really know what's going on here, Chad. I don't know why we're getting these extra points here. So a little, little weary of it, but I'm with Chad. I just love this matchup so much for this Bears team. They've been a different team this last seven, eight weeks. We said every week we backed them. We said the books have not caught up to this Bears team. It's been true. Like every week we back them, they've been undervalued for the most part these last couple of weeks. So um, this is a team that needed to learn how to win, Chad. We talked all the time. The Bears, they were a good team, but they didn't know how to win. We've seen these last couple weeks, they've learned how to win. They know how to close these games out. So um, I'm going to back this Bears team at plus three in a game that should be closer to a pick rather than plus three. I'm with Chad on his exact decision. Seven and five, the last 12 games are the Chicago Bears. All the reports that Matt Eberflus is likely to be the coach next year. So I, don't know if there's any, uh, I don't know if there's anything to glean from that in terms of does that also mean they like the stability and want to keep Justin Fields? I think those questions are still up in the air. Producer Tito mocking me in the chat, reminding me that I have traded and kept Justin Fields five or six times so far this season. That is my right as the executive in charge of the <laughs> Chicago Bears decision-making for the fans uh, with my direct pipeline to uh, senior executive management at the Bears. Um, they will be taking my input seriously. Also, Tito was reporting that no Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers per Mike Shanahan, breaking news. So there is that as well. Seattle at Arizona. Uh, Arizona's a three-point underdog. I don't want to talk about this game. <laughs> no, I, I want to take Seattle, but um, yeah, I guess Chad's right. Uh, if you get Seattle two and a half, you got to take that number. Like Arizona, that was an incredible game against the Eagles. Um they're not that good. We know they're not that good. We've watched Arizona this season. It's really Kyler making magic. Um, the fear here is, you know, Seattle can't stop the run. If I would have known they were going to give up 150 yards in the first half against Pittsburgh rushing, I probably would have stayed away from Seattle. And that's a big deal. Are they going to learn how to tackle in a week? Now they're facing James Conner, one of the best running backs in football this season, uh, a guy who dominated the Eagles in that game. I mean, he really was, as good as Kyler was, James Conner was a difference in that game. The guy was just incredible against the Eagles. So um, totally get the hesitation from Chad. Why he doesn't want to do it? But technically the value here to me is on Seattle. I got this at minus three and a half for Seattle. There's one book showing minus two and a half. I'll, I'll take it. But, man, am I fucking pissed at this Seattle team. It's just um, it's just hard to back when it's just they can't stop the run. And that's a big deal against an Arizona team that needs the run to establish the pass. And, you know, Chad's right. I, I doubt this is going to make one of our five. Because now that I'm thinking about it, it's just like there's there's five or six other games I'd rather take than this one. So I like got Seattle, seven games on our list right now yeah. that I'd rather take uh, than this one, yeah. including games where we don't even know who's playing. <laughs> That's fair. No, I just that, – that, that was a really piss-poor showing by the Seattle defense. That was, that was so painful – to watch and know that we had it in the contest. The only thing that kept me sane watching that game was knowing that I had Pat Fryermuth over two and a half receptions, which Sean Kerner had given out. And we got there with like 20 minutes left in the game of actual clock time early in the second half. Uh, I, I, I watched like, I knew we were not winning that bet after the first Steelers drive when Najee Harris could basically do whatever he wanted uh, whenever he wanted to do it. It was, it was really a pathetic showing on tackling. Pete oh, yeah. Carroll pleading with his team to just tackle <laughs> on the sidelines was just sickening if you really had a lot of money on that game. Thanks, Chad. 
<laughs> Never made sense. Simon, uh, listen, we entered a brand new year. But to keep delivering the best podcast we can, I need to ensure you're keeping up on the latest news. So I'm going to ask you just one time if you can name the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. Game time. Game time. That's our sponsor. I love game time for two reasons. One, they sponsor this show. Number two, I actually use game time to buy tickets. I've said it before. No joke. This morning, I got my tickets transferred to me for the Yukon Creighton game upcoming in two weeks. I bought them on game time. They've got amazing last minute deals on all sorts of tickets, including pro and college games. I'm going to open game time right now from my house. Speaking of Yukon, I can get into a Yukon basketball game for less than 15 bucks. Best national champion, the na defending national champion, Yukon Huskies. Go check them out live, less than 15 bucks. You can do that all over the country, no matter where you live. Download the Game Time app, get out, have some fun for this week. Go sweat your bets live and in person. Redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Just download the app, enter code favorites for $20 off. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Game of the week, Sunday night football, Buffalo at Miami. Miami, let me just make sure I'm looking at the latest lines here. Miami is a three-point underdog at home. Number one, I want to think about waiting for this total to keep climbing. It opened at 48 and a half. It got up to 49 and a half. Now at 50 and a half. It will be a luck under. Just keeping track of that. It will be a luck under. Uh, both of these teams really good in pass coverage. Miami's defense sneaky good overall, according to PFF, just behind San Francisco and Baltimore. Hey, they've lost some players, including Bradley Chubb this past week. Um, You've pointed out the Bills have been leaning more towards a uh, run-heavy offense the past few weeks since Joe Brady took over as offensive coordinator. Buffalo has had Miami's number past three games, beating them all three in Buffalo, though. Last time they played in Miami, Miami won by two. Simon, it's a tricky one. Very yeah, tricky. I mean, you remember that game well because uh, the Bills ran 80 plays to the Dolphins, what, 40 plays? And they still lost that game in some extreme heat. Mm -hmm. uh, it won't be that. It will be perfect weather, nice little 50, 60 degrees down in Miami, lovely little January game. Um, I hate it. Me and Chad, are we love the Bills, and we're supposed to take the Bills here. But Chad's, I think Chad's leaning towards the Dolphins, which is going to be the professional side. And I'm I'm going square, I guess. I'm going with the the public on the Bills. And it just feels like the injuries the Dolphins have had to their defense are a huge deal. And then you take away Mosert and Waddle. I mean, that's another big deal to that offense that um like again, that Ravens game, they're up seven nothing, I think, and it was third and sixteen. And they had, you know, whoever the Ravens running back was, it might have been Hill, catches this little pass at the backfield and takes up the field and gets the 16 or 17 yards. And as soon as that happened, I knew our Dolphins bet was dead. And it was just a team that um, they've gotten away with it all season. Despite the numbers that they say about their defense, I do not think their defense is good. And I think um, we should have realized that when that Tennessee team was able to drive the field and score 14 points of Will Levis in three or four minutes at the end of that game, where it's like, you know, this team does have some weaknesses that they've been able to cover up because they had such a talent on that defense. Now, you're, you know, they got three or four huge injuries to that defense. I have to account that where the Bills team, they did make moves. I mean, Rousseau Douglas had another pick last week. Like the, the, the move that Bills have made have worked out for them. And, I would say to anyone out there that followed me and Chad and put a decent amount of money on the Bills to win this division, if you have anything better than four to one or three to one, you have an easy hedge here. You have an easy hedge on Miami now. They're a dog. Um, you know, Chad said, or maybe I was on Greenhouse Daily, that they're uh, plus 150 or plus 160 or something like that to win the division. So you have an easy hedge. Um, you can just do that and not sweat this game at all. Uh, if If you want, you can basically what we did last year, which is, you, you take whatever you want to do, one-third or one-fourth of your bet, put it on Miami at plus three. If this game lands on two or one and the Bills win, 
you hit both bets. Like that's the dream scenario. That's why we make these kind of hedge bets. Um, so my hedge bet, I will be taking Miami plus three, but personally betting wise and what I'm looking at, I'm, I'm betting the bills here. I like the bills in this spot. Um, it's just, it's all there for them. Like, Last week, they had such a bad week, and it was because I think they were looking ahead to this Miami game. It just felt like that kind of spot for them. You know, that's the fear is, is Josh Allen going to burn us in this game? Is he going to turn the ball over, give Miami short fields? And that's how Miami could win this game. But I just – I don't think Miami can overcome all these injuries to their offense and defense. It's just it's just too much at this point. So I'm going to back this Bills team. All right, this is one I, I want to give us a lot more time on Thursday. I do think there will be some sharp calls here, and I think – Maybe we'll get some news over the next 48 hours about that will inform our decision-making. But look, this is the biggest game on the board. Uh, it'll be the Sunday night game. There are I want to dig deeper into the hedge opportunities because we have been talking about the Bills as a potential um, AFC East division winner. They got back Daquan Jones. You talked at defensive line. You talked about Rasul Douglas, who had another pick in the in the Patriots game. Uh, so this is a different Bills team than the one that was struggling in that window shortly uh, after the London game and before they got Rasul Douglas. Um, as a reminder, the Favorites podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. That's why you get more boost with them than with anyone else. Every day they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays. They don't stop there. Keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible super boosts. Check out the boost and see why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 21 or older and present in Colorado, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms, conditions, restrictions apply. We will be live again on Action Network YouTube Thursday, 11 a.m. We will be live. Shepherd and the Knucklehead, RSVP link in the description page. Free entry, free drinks. Me and Simon hanging out Sunday afternoon, January 14th, Shepherd and the Knucklehead, Hoboken, New Jersey. Then we go live with the show, 7.30. Join us. Join us for a watch party the day before. Me, Stucky, Raybon, Kerner, uh, the whole crew. Download us from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. Rate, review, subscribe, leave us five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern. Love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.